When you're lost in the darkness, look for the pod. Specifically, the Prestige TV podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, where we're breaking down every new episode of HBO's The Last of Us. On Sunday nights, grab your battery and join Van Lathan and Charles Holmes for an instant reaction to the latest episode. Then head back to the QZ on Tuesdays for a deep dive with Joanna Robinson and Mallory Rubin. From character arcs to video game adaptation choices, story themes to needle drops, we'll parse every inch of this cordyceps-coated universe. Watch out for mouth tendrils and follow along on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com backslash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com backslash RG. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. What's poppin'? We are back. Logan Murdoch, Raja Bell, real ones in the building. What's up, Ra? Ooh, how was Salt Lake, my boy? Why are you asking that question? <laughs> I'm just saying, how was All Star Weekend, dude? Like I missed it. I, you know, it was I actually to be my first. It was my first All Star Weekend, and you know, I was, you know, I was in and out. I was moving and shaking. It was cool. It was, it was cold. It was cold, but not by like Salt Lake standards. Like it was, it was like a nice little 30 degrees. It could have been colder. You know, it was, it was. Valters? No. So here's the thing. I took a picture in front. Shout out to Valters. I think Valters was doing private events because they didn't, they were not open for us. And I called them because I was trying to get a reservation. I called them back in December when we found out we was coming to uh, Salt oh, Lake. Word. And they said, we're not going to be open during that time. So shout out Valters. If I'm ever in Salt Lake City, I'm tapping in. But I did, I did like the walk tour. Of um of Salt Lake, there's not it's not like an official tour or anything, but it was just like I'm gonna walk around and see what's up. And I walked to Baldur's, I took some flicks. I should have put it in the chat, but it was Wellness Week last week, and I'm I'm over uh, and and I was just I wasn't I wasn't thinking about it. you motherfuckers. I was not thinking, but but it it was it was it was it was interesting, Raja. Salt Lake was interesting. Salt Lake is <laughs> Salt Lake was interesting. This is my favorite time of year, Logan. Twenty mm-hmm. last. We're in a stretch, dog. Like this is when you know. This is when the old, the old NBA playing mindset starts to like kick in. Like you, your old clock starts to tell mm-hmm. you it's it's that time, right? Like it's you could start feeling the presence of of the playoff run and push, and then the playoffs themselves and that chase for the ultimate uh for the ultimate goal. So it's a cool time of year. 
I mean, listen, man. So, like, I go in stages. I don't know if I've said this in the pod before, but my my NBA like journey every year is by and large the same, right? You get excitement like late September going in. Okay, we're getting back to it. We're we're out of it. We're we're coming back to school. We're out of summer vacation, right? Then like it, that builds to a crescendo for opening night and the opening week, right? And then you kind of hit a lull around Thanksgiving because you're going into football season. And then the dog days of Christmas, right? After the Christmas is another peak. Then you go into the dog days going into early January. And then like into January, you're just checked out of like NBA stuff because NFL is going on and stuff. And then you get to all-star and then it starts to rev up. You start, and then this is my first all-star weekend. So I really got to see how it is like the rev up during the weekend. And then you start revving up because you start seeing people. You, they start getting giddy. Like you start asking, so what, "Who you think going to go? What's their sleeper? Who you think going to the playoffs? Who you, who you think? Who you like right here?" Oh, and then you get a good look at like the standings and things like that. And you say, "Like what team can go here? What team can do this?" And then the first week of the se- the first week of the new year, like the next six weeks of the year, you start getting those Sunday games, like we got last uh, last uh, yesterday in Dallas, Lakers, Mavs. You start getting those games where it's like midday. This is the NBA. It's the NBA's time right now. They're not competing with anything else. They're we're getting ready to we're getting ready to lock the fuck in. And I'm starting to get in there. I can't wait till like late uh, or early March or late March where you know guys are starting to like getting in the pole position into into the spring because in the spring y'all know we're locked in and we're starting to get that itch right now. We're starting to get there. Yeah, and hopefully cats are starting to get uh, teams. You know they've they've made their they've made their trades. Obviously, hopefully cats are are starting to reach peak and optimal health so that 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 run and those playoffs can be everything that that you anticipate them being right because that's that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been it's been interesting. Um, you know, one of the the revelations that I I, I got over the weekend, and I do want to talk. You know, I, I'm doing the stream of consciousness. We had a pre pod uh, plan, but. I w- we're going to deviate a little bit from that, uh, but first we're going to start with like just the scoring that I've been seeing over the last week, right? You talk about Dame Lillard, early real one of the week candidates, shout out to the town, 71 points. Um, we need you to get to another team, pal. But he's <laughs> he's scoring big. Um, uh, you know, Clay Thompson gets another uh, 12 burger for threes. You have one of the you have uh, one of the highest scoring games in NBA history with uh, Kings uh, Clippers over the weekend. Kings, man. We're going to start talking about the Kings a lot um, during the backstretch of this uh, this season, which is a great thing to say um, in a positive way during this this uh, stretch of the season. But you have that. You have, you know, coming on the heels of LeBron getting the all-time scoring title. And it's just, it's it's really interesting where we've come as a game in terms of scoring. I don't know if it's the lack of defense as much as it's just like we have just seen and historic amount of, of scores during this time. What have you seen during this last week, Rod? And what does that tell us about where we are as a league? I want to be fair because it's it's kind of nuanced. Um, because scoring is, and scoring uh, ability and scoring skill sets, um, offensive weaponry is at an all-time high. I, and we've talked about this before on the pod and the – the uh the, the skill development and and you know the ability for for 
the majority of NBA rosters now to have a skill set that would allow them to create not only for themselves, but for other people in a way that didn't always exist. Um, so given the opportunity and and the void of having a true number one score, you have multiple people that could step in and drop 35, you know, something like that if they got hot, 40, if they get hot, you know what I mean? Now, again, there, there are other things that go into that equation and there are rule changes and there are things that the NBA has kind of put in place to make this a more palatable like product for people to want to watch. You know, you want to see the scoring, but, you know, I, I, I often have to start at the youth basketball level because I think it, you know, it all, it all trickles up, you know, what you get at your grassroots, um, you might not see the effect of it right away in the NBA that you're going to see that in high school, but then, you know, four years from then you're going to be seeing it in college. And then, you know, eight years later, you'll see some of it start to hit the NBA. And then I don't know, you know, 12 years, you, you got an NBA full of it. The, the, the defensive mindset is prehistoric in youth basketball. It mm-hmm. is, it doesn't exist. Uh, I had a conversation yesterday. I, I am the old curmudgeon that has a team that doesn't look like it, it should beat you. Uh, doesn't have six sevens walking around in the eighth. Are you grade. coaching a mid major Roger? I am my, my, my middle, my, my eighth grade team is a really tough squad. Our biggest kid is six, three, um, on there are multiple teams around the country now in eighth grade where they have six, seven, six, eights. Right. Um, and they got kids that'll just get a bucket however you want a bucket. Uh, but we come in and we don't we don't have all of that, but we got a solid defensive structure. We got some grimy kids that'll sit down and fight you for every inch. And so we're able to play in games. We don't win them all, but we're able to play in games that you might look at us and not think we could play in. That generally speaking, because I'm not making this about my team, but that attitude, that type of kid, they don't exist a lot in in the in the youth basketball world, there, there are reasons. I mean, you know, like it's hard to keep kids. It's hard to keep parents trusting in you when, when you've got to be kind of the type of coach that demands that defensive effort, they just pick up their ball and they go to another program. Like they don't, they don't want to be told that, Hey, we need you to do X, Y, and Z. They just want to shoot the ball. And so I had a coach come up to me the other day and he was talking about the lack of people who want to defend and he runs a big program down here. And he's saying throughout the landscape of this program from, from third grade all the way up to his high school teams, he doesn't have people that want to sit down and guard. And you see that when you go and you watch these tournaments, they're glorified like NBA all-star games. You saw what that looked like. I walked in the gym the other day. I'm sorry. I didn't know this was going to happen, but here I go. I walk in a fucking gym the other day in Coral Springs, Florida to watch my, my 11 year old play. They're fucking DJs playing. It's loud as shit. No one can hear anything. So there's no one that can coach in that because this is a party apparently. And then I stand there and watch the the high school varsity game that's unfolding right in front of me. And no one is playing any defense. It is an all-star game. You dunk it. We'll get it out of the net. We'll come down and we'll either shoot a three or we'll dunk it. And so what, what, what do you think that turns into when it matriculates up? You know what it turns into? You know what it turns into, Roger? It turns into the all-star game we saw in Salt Lake City. That's literally what it ha- what happens, right? Where people are complaining. Like it's interesting because on the surface, and this isn't this isn't. I, I don't want to. I'm not trying to bash hoop in the NBA because it's, it's it's throughout sport in general. Because in the NFL, what are they prioritizing? What are they marketing? They're marketing the quarterbacks and they're marketing the offenses as in general, right? Just around the sports landscape, this is the thing. But when I think 
you know, you can see the excitement when you see uh, Clippers Kings, right? How dope that was. It's like how wild that was as, as a game, right? But then you go on the other side and you see as your all-star game where you see dudes just, you know, not caring at all, right? And it used to be, we, we used to be able to get everything in our all-star games, which was, man, we get to get the vibes for everything but the fourth quarter. At least that's what was sold to us. In the fourth quarter, we're going to play hard. We're going to figure this shit out, right? We're going to play. We're not getting that anymore, right? And I think that the, and I think, I think we're about a year or two away from the pendulum, and maybe this is me being hopeful, Raja, of the pendulum swinging the other way, where it's like, no, this is bullshit. This is not fun to watch. We fucking strap up and play some defense. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's me being wishful I, I I think that you'd be a wishful thing because I don't know what the incentive would be for the players to go out there and really, really compete in that. And I, I didn't I want to take a step back because I didn't I didn't mean to say that NBA players treat it just like these AAU scenes because they don't, because at the end of the day, they're competing for livelihoods. They're competing for 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 legacies and championships. So as professionals, they're able to lock in and defend. Right. And do a, and do the I don't I don't want to say minimum, but do what they need to do to be at least adequate defensively in a way that gives your team a chance to win. And so, but youth, youth basketball isn't like that. And then generally speaking, the malaise and the attitude towards winning is I've said this before. I've got kids that will play every single weekend. If I provide them a platform to play on or not, they will go find another team to play for. And, uh, and what happens in that environment when you're playing six games in two days on a team that doesn't practice and you have no relationship with the coach and he doesn't give a shit about making you better or teaching you things is you don't care about winning. You don't give a damn. You don't care whether you win or lose. You're just out there to get some hoop. You don't care whether what you're doing is really contributing to winning or losing. It's promoting a me type of thing. And, and I know this is kind of like running parallel to the NBA conversation because this isn't exactly about the NBA, but it's sad. Like as a as a pure basketball fan, as someone that was raised in a culture where where winning was paramount and you learned how to do what a team needed you to do to win. And, you know, team building, even at the corporate level, is based on us all playing a particular role to, to get the objective done. Like that is being lost and it's not being nurtured. And there's some real poop butts out here running programs and 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 you know, running leagues where where you're teaching them the wrong way and you're teaching them to put stock in the wrong things as young basketball players. And so, you know, when you get to the NBA and you're not in a great culture as a team or organization, and you're left to your own devices to figure out how to win and what winning looks like, and you've got no real background in it and no one's ever taught it to you. What the fuck do you think you're going to get? What, what, when I hear what you're saying, and I do want to get back to the NBA part of this, but wh- when whenever you, when when I hear about what you're saying and your your Raja rants um, about the about AAU, I just think like yo, whenever you do anything for the bread, it 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 fucks shit up. AAU now is for the bread. It is what it is. That's what it is. But when I want to get back to the NBA part, when you see a stat line like the Kings Clippers game. What immediately pops out to to your mind? That's ridiculous. Something like that. That's ridiculous. Good and bad. Like it doesn't all have to be bad. I'm not going to come off like like I can't appreciate. It was historic. It was. No. I was like, wow, that's crazy. I'm watching this right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a ridiculous scoring exhibition in a good way. Like that's. I mean, 
you know, you got a lot of dudes that are putting on display their ability to, 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 you know, do incredible things with this ball. That's a true mastery of the scoring art. I have no beef with that. It's, it's also ridiculous that defensively we're allowing that many points. It's just, there's, it's a generation that doesn't put much stock in that. Coaches, are we losing recipes, Raja? Are we losing yeah, recipes? You are. Right you are. Like, there are not a whole lot of grandmas and grandpas and aunties sitting around, you know, kicking game. Like, these are these are kids that have come up in a generation of, of like, you know, we eat out every night, bro. So, like, I don't know how to cook as far as defensively. Now, offensively, offensively, it's a whole lot of, like, you know, master chefs out there. And so it, it's a ridiculous scoring exhibition. I can appreciate that as, as a, as, as a basketball fan and their ability to do that. But I just generally like to see a balance is what I like. Like I'm not the football player or football fan that wants to see a hundred points. I also don't want to see a seven to six football game. I like to see something that's got a little bit of both. Sue me. You know, the best game that I'd seen, this is a, I'm, I'm getting to the point now. I'm almost 30, Rob, where, but I am getting to the point now where it's like back in my day. I'm in a big back in my day bag. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's, it's nasty. I'm not going to yeah, hold you. You're it's a little early for I, that, but I can appreciate it. I don't, I, I don't know how I feel about it. But anyway, what, the best game I've ever seen was game seven of the 2010 NBA Finals. It was the best game I've ever seen. And if I'm not mistaken, that was an 83 79 game. And I know that on the surface, that is a nasty, it's a very nasty uh, uh, final score. But what you had was was intensity, desire, defense, offensive moments as well, right? You had the whole package. You had everything. And I think one of the things that we get lost in this scoring barrage um, and, and all these high-scoring games is, and I'm not saying that like the Clippers-Kings game what it lacked desire because it was a two-overtime game, and both of those teams have things to prove. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the overall just culture of scoring in general. I think we we want we want to get um we we want to get the highlights, and we want to get. We want to get the stuff that lacks substance. I think if we get the scoring and keep getting the scoring, because I agree with you, man. Like when people get to the league and these young dudes get to the league, they're going to go through a, especially these new cats, they're going to go through a, a very big learning curve when they go into the league and learning how to win and learning how. It's hard to get those when you have to learn the fundamentals when you're 19 and 20 years old as opposed to when you're eight, nine years old, because it's just a whole different conversation. You're telling people, and I think there's a lot of ways why, like, you know, certain guys, it's hard for them to win early. Now, they do win, but they don't win at the highest level. Like, um, I think about, you know, and I know that there was extenuating circumstances, but I think about, like, a guy like LaMelo Ball, right, who had to learn how to, who was learning and has to learn how to adjust to this pro game. Now, there's other shit that happened in Charlotte, but this is a guy that's been in the limelight since he was 13, 14 years old, just jacking threes and being rewarded for it. And then when you have to go to play for a team concept, now LaMelo Ball is special. He's really, really good. But he has to now learn the other things because he's been enabled to, you know, not play defense or just, you know, not run back. And you have to learn that and learn that desire. And I think we're going to start seeing more and more guys 
coming into the league that are like that and is in a more of an adjustment period uh, going forward. I, I think it's going to be more an adjustment period for younger guys. Well, I, you're 100% right because, like, I'm a I'm a LaMelo fan. I, I, I you know, I, I defended, um, what's dad's name? What's dad's uh, name? Uh, LeVar. I, LeVar. I, def- I used to defend LeVar. Like, I didn't have no beef with that, man. You're, 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 you're marketing in a way that, that companies and people have been doing for a long time. Why we can't do it. Like, you know what I mean? Why you can't yep. do that for your boys and, 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 uh, capitalize on it. So, you know, I don't have to agree with everything you do to, to say, I'm okay with that as a father, as someone trying to help, you know, your kids and, and your family's legacy. Having said that, um, I believe you to be right, Logan. And I was having this conversation. It was an eventful weekend, obviously, for me, right? Um, on a seven-on-seven field with a coach the other day. And he was lamenting about his kids playing, you know, uh, anywhere they could play, kind of. And we were drawing the parallel to what I was just talking about with my team. And and what I boiled it down to is we live in a day and an age where everyone wants to be famous, like, right now. Right. You want you want to? Right, I'm gonna just tell you real quick before, like all my, all my little partners that listen to this pod right now, bro. Being famous is whack. You don't want to do it. Just right, to be famous, to be famous, just to be famous, isn't like the greatest thing in the world, guys. I just want to just throw free game out to you. For you. There you go. But but we we live in a day and an age where like the kids, you know, see all of this viral sensation, right? And what it does to your online profile and your clout your clout, right? And and now it's been monetized with NIL deals and stuff like that so that when you you know, you go to college, you can reap the benefits of that. So, you know, I, I understand and you should because you ain't playing for free. You should get your bread. Get your bread with NIL. Right. So, but now you've got parents, right? Like that, that see the value in that, want the value for their kids and will do, will do anything to help them promote themselves in a way that, that might allow them to you know, monetize fame or, or capitalize on, on it. Right. And what they don't have is the background and the knowledge of the nuts and the bolts of becoming good enough to sustain once you've got that. Right. Cause that's show that, that highlight is show, right? Like that is for the cameras, but do you have not just the skill level, bro. Like, trust me, there are a lot of people with skill level that can do cool shit that'll get them, you know, on some video a thousand times with a million likes and so on and so forth. But when you walk into someone's building, whether it be high school, college, or professional level, are you wired the right way? Do you put stock in the right things? Is this just a me, me, me thing because you've been bred to do this your your whole life? And so now it's just me centric and I don't know how to fit into anybody's system. Like, am I am I accountable or can I not be told shit because my family's always told me that like, yo, just do whatever you want, bro. Like, you know what I mean? There's a lot that goes into that. Not just not just the skill, but the wiring of the athlete or the person, the who who you who you are helping them become. Can they fit in to these environments where they ultimately aren't maybe the best and they're asked to do something outside of the scope of what they're used to and now they don't know how to act? Like, that's what's being lost. And so, you know, like, I get it. Everyone wants the fame. Everyone wants the the, the viral clip. And you're right. We want this video and this, this I went between the legs, blah, blah, blah. I snatched him and I hit this three and everyone wants it now. And parents are losing sight and, and trainers and coaches are losing sight of, of building like real sustainable athletes. 
That's why you're getting a lot of stuff in the NBA of when they hit score and they down 20 and they'd be like, you're too small. You know, Word. Trying to get the, you know, that's why we're getting that. Um, let's take a quick break. and We're going to go around the league. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. Fuel up for game day and any day, really, at Sonic. For a limited time, you can get the new $1.99 Sonic Crispy Tender Wraps. And trust me, you don't want to miss out. A crispy chicken tender and bold flavors like hickory barbecue and cheesy Baja. Crisp lettuce and melty cheese that make the perfect bite. So go get yourself some TLC, some tender love and chicken. And buy a $1.99 Sonic Crispy Chicken Tender Wrap today. Tax not included. Limited time only at participated Sonic drive-ins. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side-by-side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ryan, we are back. Time to go around the league. Um, did you get your plane ticket? Because I got mine. We're going to take, um, take a quick trip to the A. Hmm. Oh. One, of, one of my favorite places ever. Yeah, yeah I like Atlanta. Um, you know, we're going to go down and uh, see what's up with the Hawks who have just hired Quinn Snyder after um, dismissing um, Nate McMillan, who who I think is on the all Raja team um, in terms of people in the league. Um, yeah, can, I, can, I, can I say this? I like yeah, the Quinn Snyder hire. I think he's a great coach. I hated the Nate McMillan fire. Can, the, can both of those things be true? Get right in your bag. Tell tell us why. What's up? What do you think about? No, no, what do you no. Think no. About I want you to continue. Scenario? I want you to continue. But like, I, I just wanted to put that out there. Like, I like I like Quinn. I think that's a great a great hire for that team. But I think it's bullshit that you run Nate McMillan out of town. Oh, a hundred percent. And this is this speaks to just like I think uh, friend of the show Sam Amick um, kind of alluded to this. But I, I'll go all the way. The, the the level of dysfunction that you are hearing outside of Atlanta just seems palpable, right? It just, it just seems that way. Like, behind the scenes, but also what you have seen, like, in front of the scenes, right? You know, Lloyd Pierce gets fired mid-season, right? Like, of course, Nate McMillan did a great job, but there didn't seem to be some stability. Like, when he when he took them, after he took them to the Eastern Conference Finals, it, didn't, it still didn't seem like stability. It seemed like one of those, oh, wow, the Hawks made it to the, to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think, I don't know if this is happening again. This is cool, though. Right. It didn't right. seem it didn't seem like th- 
they had things figured all the way out. Like, if you're going to trade um, John Collins, trade him or don't trade him. But to have that lingering for as long as it's lingered and then have, you know, the things behind the scenes, you know, Landry Fields has to figure out what he's going to do. But just the constant turnover is what concerns me in Atlanta. And I don't, I hope Quinn Snyder can come and bring stability to that with Landry Fields. He's a great coach. Quinn Snyder is a great coach. And I'm really happy to see, you know, him get back on his feet. But I'm just curious to see, it's really, really early in this process. This can go a number of ways. And it's going to take all three levels being on the same page. Quinn Snyder with Landry Fields with ownership. And we just haven't seen that. We haven't seen that that level of stability in Atlanta, and that's what concerns me. And hopefully, they can they can right the ship there. Um, I think you're right to be concerned. I hope that Quinn would have gotten unequivocal yeses to to the questions of whether or not you guys have my back in terms of the vision and whether we're going to be able to hold people accountable. Because the fourth level of of cooperation that you would need to have on the same page is the player level. And I'm not in that building, but I've read reports, I've watched, um, you know, I've, I've, I've seen interactions and it seems like at times that's where the disconnect is, right? Like it, it, you have players that don't necessarily buy in. Um, you know, I, I know people who have friends on that Atlanta team and I hear some of the things coming out of there in terms of who likes to play with who and who's hard to play with. And so I would just say, without pointing any fingers, they all need to get on the same page. And you can have three levels all in sync and lockstep. And if that fourth level isn't, isn't, uh, or that fourth component isn't on board, right? We got a problem. So then the question becomes, what what do we need to do? Because I look at their run, will the three levels pull the trigger in a way that makes that fourth level look more like it needs to look to buy in whatever that means to you, whatever that means to you. Right. Because I know, you know, we, we had a moment on the pod with the Trey young stuff when it broke and stuff like that. I don't know Trey young. I don't know my perception from the outside. And this is just my perception is he, it, it, it looks like he could be a little difficult to play with. And it looks like he can be a little difficult to deal with in terms of coaching and, and, and organizationally. I don't know for a fact, Forgive me if I'm wrong, but this is my opinion. It's what it looks like he from the outside. He does not have the greatest reputa- reputation in the league circles. It's just, okay. I mean, it is what it is. Ask anyone in the league. So we got to get that on board in a way that allows us to be productive. Here's the thing, and I harp on this shit all the time. As I look at their roster, the most tenured, like, in, in the league, mind you, not, not with the Hawks, member of the Atlanta Hawks is Clint Capella. Right? We're eight years in. The next two would be what DeJounte Murray five years in and Bojan Bogdanovic or Bogdan Bogdanovic five years in. That's a relatively young team, a lot of which has been raised in that very culture that you are saying you have reservations about. It's not that easy to flip a switch. Now, I believe Quinn Snyder, like I saw what he did with the Jazz over an amount of time, given support and and what he felt he needed to make his vision come to reality. And so I hope for Atlanta fans and for the Hawks that that's what they do. But that's a relatively young team raised in, in relative dysfunction. And so what do you get? You get inconsistency. Like, that's what it is. It's going to be inconsistent. Well, um, 
thing that's going good around Quinn Snyder is, you know, when he was with Utah, you know, he inherited a relatively young team as well, and they did really well, right? right. He had a young Donovan right. Mitchell. Um, this was in also like he coached through Gordon Haywood. Um, Gordon Haywood leaves, and Harris's dude, Donovan Mitchell, who's amazing. Um, and the one they were on pay, they they did really well during Quinn Snyder's structure, right? Like they they found a way. Now they didn't do great in the playoffs, but again, you know, like in terms of like revitalizing an organization, he did that. What is the conversation that I need you to put your 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 Quinn Snyder hat on? Your Quinn Snyder right now. What do you? What is the first conversation with Trey Young? What are you saying to him? What are you? What are you telling him? How are you approaching that? Because at the end of the day, he's the face of the franchise. He is the guy. He is the one that you need to talk to. What do you say to him? How can I help you get this team where you want it to go? How do you see me being able to help you get it to where we want it to go? Now, that wouldn't be my natural instinct as Raja, right? To come in there hat in hand and kind of approach it like that. But knowing who I'm dealing with and hearing what I've heard, that's probably the way I'm going to approach it, right? Hear what he's got to say about the situation. I probably already have the details of all of these kind of, uh, you know, interactions. So I kind of know what I'm dealing with, but I'd be very keen and very interested to hear what he had to say about how he sees it um, and how he sees the offense and what he thinks I can do to help that, right? And, you know, from, from there, you know, I would get into like, yeah, I mean, you know, I have, you'd have to agree with some of that stuff. And let me tell you some of the thoughts I have, you know, about, about helping, helping you get there. Like maybe you haven't thought about this, but let me, let me illuminate it and let me tell you how it works. This is what I did um, to help Donovan Mitchell get from point A. Now, knowing Donovan Mitchell was going to do it on his own, like he's a star, but here, let me tell you how I helped him get from point A to point B with the supporting cast. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're feeding into the ego to some degree, but at the same time, getting answers, right? So that you know how what you're dealing with, and then, you know, kind of setting the table for what what you're what you're going to want to do. Um, I think, you know, Nate McMillan is a really good basketball coach, but Nate McMillan is an all, you know, Rajah team as as you said, right? And so that can be a little abrasive. And for most people's accounts, Quinn Snyder is a player's person. He's got great people skills. And so I think, you know, today's player, and this is today's player because they're all as young as, like I just kind of said, he's going to be able to communicate with them and relate to them in a way that maybe was hard for Nate. And I say hard for Nate because I know it would be hard for me. You know, and so I think Quinn might have a a, a, a lighter hand, if you will, in some scenarios, and and that might help them. But I mean, that's how I'd approach it, Logan. I don't have a great answer. I mean, on the spot, I'm just off the top of the dome. I'd probably go in there and and uh, and keep it real light at first, um, be, because I I think that's got a tendency to be a little bit uh, unstable, and then and then gradually kind of you know tighten the screws. All right. So now we're going back. We're 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 we're, we're uh, back at the airport. We're heading to LAX. Hmm. Going to LA. You, you got your you got your room set up at the Los in Santa Monica. You know you oh. got all your vibes ready. You know the vibes. Oh, right. Um, I'm watching. I watched the uh, Lakers Mavericks yesterday, um, which was a very interesting game. Obviously, the comeback, but just 
all the other things that had nothing to do with the actual game that kind of manifested through the game, right? Where you have Kyrie, you have Luka, you have LeBron, you have AD, you have this... They have this come to Jesus moment for Kerm, who was going crazy. <laughs> right. What are your impressions on both sides of that matchup? And what does that game tell you about both teams at this point? Um, well, what it tells me about the Lakers is no matter who you are in that Western Conference, the, the Lakers are that they're scary. I mean, I. I'm not sitting here telling you I'm picking the Lakers to win anything. But what I am telling you is like you you probably want to avoid them. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't want to see LeBron and, and AD and and it, it, you just you don't want to see them. So they could pop up, get hot, look good and and beat just about anybody. I don't know that they could sustain that, but I think that's when you're asking me what that game says like sort of like that. Uh, Dallas has to get it figured out. They're they're really good offensively. You know, I saw the J Kid interview after the game saying we've got to grow up. Um, I heard people speculating as to who they thought he was kind of lobbing that out to. I don't know. I'm not I'm not gonna speculate, but I think I think generally speaking, they do have to grow up in terms of they don't have a lot of time to get this figured out. That that maturing as as a unit process that chemistry building that has to take place on a on a on a quicker trajectory we don't have the time we got 20 20 games left to get this figured out and so you know they're they're just you know defensively it's going to be a struggle so that just means that offensively we got to be really really dialed in right like it's a sliding scale the worse we are defensively the better we got to be offensively and and they've got they got to get that figured out now you know the 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 lakers the Lakers are interesting because, I mean, I don't think they're great either offensively or defensively. <laughs> they're not great either offensively or defensively. But, but because, of, because of LeBron and AD, if health, you know, is there and they're coming down the stretch, I would just probably want to avoid them. Like, I'm not saying I'd be scared of them, but I just want to avoid them, right? Like, it's one of those things. If you can, why not? Kerm, are you doing okay, bud? Are you okay? Yeah, it's a little Kerm, bit slender Kerm. there, Raja. I don't. Uh, I'm <laughs> just saying, man. Them role well, players is looking nice right now. Vando was—he took over yesterday. No slander. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. I, again, I don't. Fair I enough. Mean, you, you didn't say it was trash. You know how these like Laker fans are, Raja. You know how they are. I'm just saying. Post All Star break, they three and zero with this new roster. Three okay. note this new roster. The role players, they role playing. That's all I'm saying. You got Vando who took over yesterday. Malik Beasley, terrible shooting night. No D'Lo. But we get a guy like Vando that comes in and literally puts his imprint on the game in a way that they're kind of everywhere defensively and guarding, you know, Luka, Kyrie, and, you know, playing help, doing all that. I'm just saying... It might not be a championship this year, but shit, dog. If they get in the play-in, something could happen. Don't roll your eyes at me, Logan. Something could Thank happen. You, Thank you, Kerm. Thank you, Kerm. <laughs> Thank you, Kerm. Thank you, Kerm. I ain't Kerm. Kerm just wanted to hop on the mic because that's essentially what I said. I have no beef. I'm not counting the Lakers out. They just, they, they again, health is always 
a, a critical component to this. I liked the trades that they made around the trade deadline. I'm happy that they are that they're bearing fruit right now. I don't think that you would want to see the Lakers. It's what I said to start the 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 the, the comments on it. Having said that, I ain't picking the fucking Lakers to win. Bro, you know what's hella funny to your point about health? LeBron, right after the game. Yeah, my my my, my leg is feeling okay. We'll just we're just touch and go though. We'll see what's going on. We'll we'll see in the next couple of days, right? Like that that's that's the biggest thing. Um we're gonna go back. We're gonna we're gonna I'm not gonna say we're gonna end this, but we're I want to talk about um your sons because yeah. one um Kevin Durant is supposed to make his be- debut this week. Um what do you do? What do you think is going to happen? How do you think is that's going? Because that's another thing, right? We're talking about we're just talking about the Mavericks and just the you got to learn on the fly quickly. Like I think KD is going to be at Phoenix a lot longer than like Kyrie is going to be in Dallas, but mm-hmm. they still have to, to figure each other out. What are you looking for for the first few games of this this new Phoenix Suns era? Um and and in Arizona right now, what do you what do you, how do you think that's going to play out the first week or two of the KD era in Phoenix? I don't I don't really know how it's going to play out. I think um you will see both Chris Paul and Devin Booker do their best to make Kevin Durant feel integrated and valued and all of that. And at the same time, I think you'll see Kevin probably look a little I don't want to say tentative because he's never tentative but I I think he's probably going to be feeling it's a feeling out process he's going to be feeling out how he gets involved here they're going to be trying to like make sure that he's fitting in and so it could look it could I'm not saying it will it could look you know a little uneasy to start I think they get that figured out really quickly because Kevin Durant's skill set as an offensive player you can he can do anything I mean, he, he, you know, he can fit into that and like, bro, like you, you put Chris Paul and KD on a roster, two of the smartest guys in the league in terms of well, IQ and can figure shit out. Like just one way well, yeah, both savants, 100%. But, and, and so, yeah, but in terms of natural skill sets, when you look at players and they're put together and you're like, I don't see how that works. Well, Kevin Durant is one of those just like wild cards. He He's yeah, just got yeah. all kind of skill sets. So you, you know, coupled with his ability and 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 smarts and and you know IQ is this this really malleable set of skills where you could just say hey bro all right here's how this is going to look in this you know offensive system now you know get comfortable and let's rock so i don't know exactly how it will look but i think it comes together pretty quickly so phoenix is interesting to me i was before the pot i didn't know where we were going to go with this shit so i was looking you know doing doing a little fucking homework and i was i was looking around at like you know, who I thought would be real contenders, right? Like who fit the criteria and, you know, Phoenix really good defensively, but offensively, um, not great. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I, I, I also saw like on the flip side of that Milwaukee really good defensively and not great offensively. Right. And I think both of those teams made moves that address that. So you could see them start to like make the moves to, to, to be in a position, at least historically, analytically speaking, that they would be a true contender, right? Because if you're saying that Phoenix needed to address 
the offensive side of the ball. Well, I think they've done that in a way that would be very hard to beat. That offense, at least in theory, should be rounding out very nicely and and hitting a stride right when you run it to hit. And they're already pretty stout defensively, although you lose some of that. Don't get me wrong. Like you're going to, you lose some real defensive pieces, but, but uh, KD is a pretty good defender in his own right. Um, and, and Milwaukee's been playing all year without, you know, not all year, but like Chris Milton's back. Like they've had some fluctuation of roster too. Do you know what I mean? So I think offensively, when you're starting to have pieces healthy again, like that starts to look better. And so those were two interesting teams. And I know you didn't ask me about Milwaukee, but I think Phoenix is one of those teams that, you know, as they hit, start to hit an offensive slot, uh, uh, stride, provided they don't have a ton of slippage defensively, you know, they could be a real problem. I'll tell you what, give me Giannis versus KD in the finals. I'll, I'll take that. Give me seven yeah, games of that. I don't know how it'll happen, but let's get it. Question for you as a former son, and I think I ask you this every time the Suns are really good, but particularly I think this is a different question because y'all didn't have KD on the roster when I asked you in the beginning. <laughs> right. How do you feel as an as a as a Suns alum at this point? Uh just in general. Like not just the, the KD move, but just where the Suns seem to be going. You know, ownership change. Um KD is now on the roster. They are making a push to win a title this year and they have a good chance of doing it. How do you feel right now just as a as a fan of the Phoenix Suns? Oh, it's probably bittersweet. Like there were some people that moved in that trade and that's a, always a hard thing as a fan when you've attached yourself to guys who have gone so far in the playoffs, but you wind up with Kevin Durant. And I mean that's really exciting and what you could envision it being at its best with Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker is a beautiful thing, you know, offensively. And so I think, you know, the Valley and the Suns fans probably needed a little shot in the arm. Um, new ownership and James Jones provided them that with the moves, not not scared to roll the dice. Uh, and I think it's going to be a great run in Phoenix uh, this year in the playoffs. And then obviously, you know, as you approach another opportunity to find pieces that fit, you know, I, I think James has showed you his ability to do that. And with ownership support, I think they continue to build that. Like you, I'm really excited as a as a former son. I'm 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 imagining once you once you get over the initial loss of some of your, you know, every fan has his favorite. It's not necessarily like the the biggest star on your team. So some of those dudes that moved might have been, you know, might have been pieces that people are like, oh shit, man, we had to get rid of. But once you see it cooking the way it could possibly cook, you're gonna be fine. If the new ownership calls. Be like, right. <laughs> we got first class seat for you to Sky Harbor. And we got a we got a why we got a suite. Why would they do we that? We got a suite for you to come back. You know what I mean? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pull up. Will you go to a game, Rock? Um, I would definitely go to a Phoenix. It's very game. hard to get you out of the house. Clearly. It is. So I would go would to you, a Suns you, game. We got plans on going back to Phoenix. I haven't been back to Phoenix in a long time, man. My kids were born there. Um, I owe them a trip. I owe my wife a trip. I owe a bunch of friends out there a trip. I just gotta get around to doing it. I, I really yeah, I would definitely go see a Suns game, man. I love the Suns. That was my favorite, you know, my favorite stop. Like, I I, I love the Suns. Hashtag get Raja to Phoenix, all right? <laughs> all right? He may not get verified, but maybe we get public pressure to get him to fucking Phoenix because, get you know, he, it's not going to happen now, bud. It's not going to happen. I'm it's, done it's trying. Not. It would be a slap in the face to get verified at this point. 
Did you know Facebook is now doing the uh, the pay for verification now? And so like, but you as an Instagrammer has already have already had the verified play. So you it's already you're already set in stone there. But it's it's interesting. Yeah, it, the yeah, verified is just kind of trash now. It's it's yeah. Open. Who the, wants the it now? It's, you can it's, pay it's for whack. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I ain't paying for none of that. You can keep That's that. Crazy. I ain't doing yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> shit um but on that note that has been we are back ladies and gentlemen um real ones we're ready for the stretch run that has been our monday edition we will see you guys on thursday talk real 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 soon i don't know what kerm's up to right now with with his lakers stand maybe he'll be in a better place or maybe he's in a good place who knows um maybe uh <laughs> i don't know what's gonna happen man we'll see what happens We'll see you guys Thursday. Talk to y'all soon. Holla. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.